This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Oh, happy day. We've been nominated for Best Comedy Podcast in the 2019 People's Choice Comedy Awards. We better win, or somebody can say goodbye to that $5 coupon for IHOP. That wasn't free, buddy. We had an arrangement. This is Funny People Talking. Hi, I'm David Drake, and I would rather hold my mother's hand while she violently passes away than listen to funny people talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. I'm Mark Rico. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Did you I'm know what I was else. doing, Danielle? Danielle Beckman oh. over here, everybody. Hi. What were you doing? Have you ever watched um, The Middle, the TV show The Middle? No, but Patty Heaton is great. She's She is. And she's starring good. in a TV show that one of my darling friends like is in. So sorry. Oh, yeah? Who's, yeah, when I in, think of. Um, who's in it with her? Ido Aguirre. Oh, cool. Is my friend. Yeah, it's Carol's second act. Nice. It's like her CBS debut. Anyway, sorry awesome. to totally derail your That's thing. okay. No, no, because one of the characters on there is this little kid, Brick. I've been Aww. I've been uh, binge watching The Middle a little bit on Amazon <gasps> Prime, and I've been going, and he talks like this, and he'll say, it's actually like a real thing. I looked it up. It's like a real condition over here. And oh. he, he talks like this, like this. So, so he echoes himself? Yeah, he'll, t- he'll pick a phrase or a word and then sort of whisper to himself. And I guess it's actually indicative of a real condition that's out there. I don't remember the name of it. But anyway, I just thought I'd try it out for size. I really <laughs> think it fits you. Does it? Yeah. It's... Oh, his name's Brick, too? Yeah, his name is Brick. What a name. Brick. It's sort of Brick. Brick. It's sort yeah. of like Tennessee Williams-esque. <laughs> yes. Almost Biff. Brick, yeah. But not Brick from Cat and Hot Ten Roof. Is that his name? I thought it was Biff. No, Biff is in Death of a Salesman. Oh my Brick god! Brick is one of the characters from Cat and Hot okay, Ten Roof. Okay, so then I was and right. I know because I played Gooper in Cat and Hot Ten Roof. What a role! It was great. Gooper. I get in that role. I actually get slapped on stage really hard, and we decided not to do a stage slap. We decided to do a real, a real slap, slap, except uh-huh. with, with a cupped hand a little bit. Right, like it? the fleshy part but, of your face. But, all, you know, when you're doing that in the moment, fired up, on stage, it, you, hitting the mark every time, it's it's a little tough or if you're really if going you for it. don't hit the mark. That's what I'm saying. then it, oh, Yeah, I got yeah. clocked a few times. And what's great is we had blocked it so that I would, like, turn my back to the audience and walk upstage so away from the audience as if I was – Collecting myself in the moment. The truth is sometimes I really was collecting myself. No. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Is this equity? No, it was a really professional production, though. It was uh, okay. in Rochester, I've... Blackfriars Theater. I know Blackfriars. Yeah, I've Blackfriars. seen some shows there. It's a great theater. Yeah. I've done quite a few shows there. They did really ha- um Oh, I saw... Da, 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 da. Oh, Hands on a Hard Body. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that place. Anyway, so uh, I should mention, since we've gone on for like six hours already on the show, also yeah, what with an us, intro. our incredible producer, Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. How are you faring today? 
I'm fine. Yeah. He, he yeah. just called you incredible. I did. Well, I didn't call her incredible. I said she was an incredible producer. Oh, okay. I don't want to like overshoot the You are an incredible. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow the show gets out every week, so you are an incredible producer. Well done, Elsie. Thank you. Although we did technically not get out last week. But whose okay. fault was that? Well, I guess maybe it's mine, but still, I don't, you know. Okay, just oh. clarifying. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Is um, someone fired? <laughs> nobody's fired. Okay. Not right now. It could happen, though, but not right now. With us also, uh, yawning at this moment, by the way, which shows me how the show's going, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we have a fine young gentleman. His name is David Drake. He is not just a comedian, but he is a curator of comedic talent, one could argue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show, David. Hey, welcome. thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, such a nice podcast studio. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Mouth Media Network. Yeah. Uh David is a let me just give you a little background here because I think it's useful. David is a, we'll talk much more in depth in, in a little while. But uh David's a comedian. Um and on his very own website it says he's a very funny comedian, so it must be true. It's gotta be true. Um, it's in but, writing. But I will say he's been featured <laughs> on uh, Sirius XM, on Fox, on Comcast, uh, and he was named by one of Complex Magazine's oh. comics to watch under 30. Uh, that was several years ago. And way to go for the <laughs> and, and way to go for the big publication there. People have been watching. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but but I think uh, in addition to being a cast member of Comedy Sports Chicago <gasps> and having two count them two oh comedy God. albums, one the self titled Dave. He <laughs> this this is the thing that I think is the coolest out of all of this is that. Uh, he produces something called Comedians You Should Know NYC, which is uh, – you're still doing that now? Yeah. And and what I love about that so much is that you are uh, – and there's many other things he does. He does outdoor storytelling. He performs nationwide and uh, – Oh, and my sort God. Of sort of, but, Indoor and outdoor <laughs> storytelling, right? But the fact that you are – curating other comedians, giving them an opportunity to be showcased. Uh, we definitely want to talk about the things that you look for, um, how you kind of figure out, uh, you know, that lineup and, and, and the storytelling that happens by putting a bunch of comedians together and so forth. So we'll, we'll get absolutely. Bit. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, so glad you're here. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit in, in a, in a bit. Of course, a nerd tip, and uh, we are also going to play a brand new improv game. And while I know sometimes that goes off the rails, I have high confidence in our game today. So you'll find but out. But isn't it fun when it goes off? Oh, it is. Fun for someone probably somewhere. <laughs> no, me. it's fun for us. Mainly me. Mainly <laughs> as I struggle. <laughs> yes. I enjoy the rails being That's gone. right, the rails. That is quite an outfit you have on there, by the way, Miss Danielle. Thank you. You got a, you got like all different things going on. Thanks. Are you judging my turtle? I'm not though? judging your. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like such a euphemism. Because it's a Tuesday. Oh, it's your Turtle dead... Tuesday. Turtle Tuesday. Yeah, you're, I bring the um, the ghost of your the dead ghost turtle. Of my Buster. dead turtle. Yeah. Oh. Don't you? And don't... you're trying. You're bringing that out in your outfit. Yeah, yeah. You don't see him. Though, she's dressed in black. She's dead. She's, she's... Oh, I see. All right. Are you wearing black in morning? Yes. Every Tuesday. <laughs> along uh, with when did the turtle other... die? Oh, um, the the date of death is unknown. Oh, okay. And the cause is unknown. It's just you found it floating. We don't see Do they float? It. No. no. <laughs> and that's why. I should I should that's say that why. the turtle may know. 
We just don't know. Yeah. R.I.P. Buster. I know. Poor Buster. I do have a quick question for you before we start the show. Yeah, um, Mark? I'm always interested. Sometimes I see you carrying things around. Oh, yeah. I always am schlepping. And I noticed that you were uh, wearing a cast on your leg earlier, but it's not on there now. Yep. I and yield that the, quickly. Well, well, here was sort of the interesting part to me. Yeah. I noticed how I looked at it initially, I was like, wow, there's a lot of signatures on there. She has a lot of friends. Yeah. And then I noticed every one of those signatures, every single one was Wanda Sykes. Yeah. And I find that curious. Well, did you see the penmanship? I mean, between the time I saw you and now my leg healed, they cut the cast off, we're good to go. But you saw all the different penmanship, right? Yeah. Did you know that Wanda has a very, very diverse penmanship uh, talent? I didn't know that. That's yeah. A, yeah. So I wanted it. I met her once, right? And mm -hmm. in one go, I was like, oh, my gosh. None of my friends will sign this cast. They think it's childish. She was like, let me get my calligraphy stuff. And she just went to town. But, yeah, thanks for noticing my legs better. Yeah. What happened to your leg? Oh, well, it has to do with Buster, so I really don't want to bring it up. <laughs> oh, okay. It's very sensitive. Really? But Wanda, it was not Wanda's fault, let's just say. Oh, she well, was there good. in the healing process. I have a question for you. Being a white man. Yeah, you're the white man, though. I'm the me. white man, yeah. Okay. In, in this story, I'm going to play the white man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> What? I know that's strange. The but... way you phrased it was almost like you being a white man. <laughs> yes, and I was like, I, know, yes, I am. Yes, I know. So, yes, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yes, and, right? Yes. <laughs> would it be inappropriate? I'm not going to do it, but I was curious. Would it be inappropriate for me to do a Wanda Sykes impression? Because it would require me to take on a little bit of the what might typically be seen as an African-American She's really iconic, inflection. and she has her own thing going on, so I don't know. And is this episode going to get flagged? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm, think I'm putting so. it up for I discussion. Okay. It's like impressions. When as someone it... with no stake in the show, I would love to hear it. <laughs> I think it'd be I don't great. Have one. I, I mean, I would try it, but I'm saying I don't specifically have like one to pull out. Give it a just... try. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe it'll maybe it'll appear later in the like, show when oh, I've thought I thought about it. Oh, I just broke my leg. Wanda, will you sign this? I can't do it. I don't know. Oh, this is so exciting. I'm sorry. It's anticlimactic. <laughs> I know. Yeah, have it um, come later in the show. Yeah, it'll just come out like that. You never yeah. know. Um, but my question was really like, when does an impression cross the line of say? You know, uh, being not PC or, or, or you know, it, on the borderline racism or... Well, now everything is very, very, like, sacred. Everything is very sensitive right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Right now, probably nothing. Probably you can do nothing. Dave, we'll get into this later. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, truly, I don't I know. know. I, and I, then it's very postmodern. Yeah, it's like postmodernism right, right now. And then we might regress back to, like, right. a stable moment. I'm not sure. Right. Okay. Well, I, I think you can do any white accent. You can do an Irish. You can do a British. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, when you're doing an accent of your skin color... You are you're good to go. It's when you start delving into uh, just general Japanese, where yeah, you start to find Indian. a little trouble. Right, yeah. What what is an accent of your skin color, by the way? 
Um, I mean, like Anglo-Saxon situations. Oh, so in other words, a dialect or inflection one might normally find commonplace among people of a certain skin tone. Yes. Right. Okay. So, like, I don't know, Scandinavian, German, French, German, Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Italian. I guess origins. We're well, going like um, way back. Well, they people even get upset about hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah. I also think you can do like island accents, but I don't know. Maybe that's me. Yeah. You right? mean like come back depends. to Jamaica, man? Yeah, okay. that sounds okay. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe you can. Well, yes. Okay, I could do. I'm sorry. I'll do it more. Come back to Jamaica, man. Although that that was borderline Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was Arnold. Come back to Jamaica. You can definitely do Jamaican if it's uh, German. I live with a Jamaican well, man, and his. I live with a married couple, and and the husband. He's Jamaican, and. He has a like Queen's English proper British accent, but then sometimes he'll get on the phone with his aunt who's in Jamaica, and he, he I, I do not know who he is. I'm like, there's a stranger in my apartment, and then he comes out, and I'm like, your entire the inflection, the tone, the timbre of his he's voice a, changes. He's a chameleon. He it's adapts crazy. I was like, wow. man, and he's also a good public speaker, so I'm like, I think that you could do stand up <laughs> comedy and like impressions, but whatever. All right, uh, let's get started with the show. Mark, Before that, do you have a nerd tip? Oh, yeah. I'm going to save it for the meaty All part right. of the show. Cool. Well, then, you better tell me to start the show. Mark, start the show. All right, already. Thank you. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking. With Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. Everybody, we're still here. Hope you're still here. We're all here. I'm here. It's funny people talking. Uh, we're here with uh, David Drake. And before we get started, a couple of things to talk about. What uh, Mark? Yeah, what up? Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you have a checklist? I don't know. You got anything going on? I do. I do have a checklist. I have Give notes. A, I love checklists. Tell me what's on it. Well, I'm not going to go through everything. All right, I'll, I, then I'll I'll let you choose what we're going to talk okay, about. Great. Okay, great. Great. I got um, "Orange Is the New Black." Mm-hmm. Music playing out loud, like when other people have. Or to playing the music and oh, want you to share. I know it. all about that. Uh, I got a story. It was an assault on my ears. It was I had a, a six a.m. I had to get on the train at six a.m. to go to a gig because I'm a freelancer. I'm an actor. I'm a performer. So I have work events. I work. I have like early days on set, etc. And what was this gig? Do not remember. Okay. It's a wash. A vague gig. But I wish that I had... Oh, your eyes yeah. just crossed I know. So I felt like I had something. Did they? Yeah. Oh, man. I wish I actually had that talent. I had something on the brim of my hat. I'm wearing a hat, everyone. Okay. Anyway, so I, I was sitting on the subway at 6 a.m. and this guy got on and he was playing a, a song. Um, it was like one of the songs about the night before... Like, 
like, oh, see, and I don't even remember the song. The theme of it was like, it was either like waiting for tonight. Oh, like, and it was like a oomph, oomph version of JLo. <laughs> or it was something like, um, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, tonight's gonna be a good night. And it was all about tonight. It was all about the night. And I was like, mm. it is six in the morning. And like people on the train, I think we're making eye contact with each other. Like which is ready. unusual. Yeah, we were all making eye contact with each other. Exactly, which is very unusual. To sort of like form a potential mob. To, oh, to you like, were against this person. Like get him yeah. to press the off button or something. And then at like, I don't know, second half, he got off the train. But it was just, it was, the, every song was like about the night. And it was like, the night. And I was like, it's not the night. There's no songs for the morning. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there all are. right. There's one. Uh, is um, that it? The good morning song from Singing in the Good Rain. morning. Good morning. Yeah. And how it's about... great. Stamp like good morning. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. There are, but these all sound kind of the what same. What about like, I've got sunshine <laughs> on a cloudy day? That's the That's daytime. It. Okay. Okay. Told a lot of bad. I stumbled to the kitchen, pouring myself the, a cup of yes. ambition. Oh, my God. And I'm really upset that I know the words. Working words that try to nine come to alive. five. Yes, that's it. Okay, okay so, so we just. All right. I, t- I, I take it back. There's lots of morning songs. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, that reminds me. So when you see people in the morning, when you see people in the morning, you say good morning. When you see people in the afternoon, you say good afternoon. You see people in the evening, you say good evening. Okay. What do you do precisely at noon? Good afternoon. You say. Is it afternoon? It isn't afternoon. No. It is noon. You say. Hey. Do you say good noon? Good high noon to ye. <laughs> this is, That's what this you is, have to say. This is, in my opinion, this is an un- Resolved territory. Now what about I, I midnight? You, yes. Um, it's high noon. That's where the going high came from. <laughs> so you just go high. Oh my God. That makes sense. I'll see. Sometimes they believe you, but I don't believe you. On this I one. believe her. I guess you would just try to avoid people around. That's right. The one second that it's noon. If people say, hey, I say, listen, just give me a minute. Oh <laughs> in a minute. I I've am... got a greeting for you in a minute. Can I explain some things going on in my brain right now? Yes. Okay. So I've been playing way too much Dungeons and Dragons, I think, because oh, is there really too much? Is it really? Maybe not. But two things. One, you said the word opportunity. Yes. Like something about opportunity, and I immediately thought I was like, "Ooh, he'll take an opportunity attack," which is essentially when you are in melee with a, a creature or like an evil thing, and you run away, but they get an extra attack on you because you run away. Literally, my brain immediately went there. Then when I thought Elsie may have been lying, well, you thought she may have been lying, but I thought she was telling the truth. In my brain, I was like, oh, I'll just roll an insight check to see if she's lying. Oh, my God. It's taken over. <laughs> this has not happened in two and a half years. Have you ever played D&D? No, this is crazy. Okay, my this is brain. every facet of your brain right no, now? No, this is like crazy How often do you do this? Twice a week. Whoa. Um, sometimes three times because we've been onboarding new people. I have two D&D shows, and my show, Maven Brave, has its second season finale this Friday. What's a D&D show? Um, we play Dungeons & Dragons and people watch us. Oh. Because it's like live improvised storytelling. Okay. So it's kind of like sitting, everyone's sitting around a table. You have like the narrator or the dungeon master, and they essentially are the world, and then you have the characters around who are like the lead characters, and they interact with the world. 
Um, and then you roll dice, and it there are different outcomes. But I'm I'm this is the first time it seeped into my brain so much, to where, oh, wow. Is that like when you play Tetris and you go to bed at night and you shut your eyes and all, all you see is yes. the Tetris things? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is the Tetris of Dungeons and Dragons in my brain. That's a sentence I never thought anyone would say. Well, I said it. I said it. <laughs> I love callbacks. <laughs> was that good? That was for you. So back to the music. So this is, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely. Yeah, what's up with your well, thing? Well, it's not that I had a specific thing. I'm like, this guy did this. Because it just happens all the time. You're on the subway all the time. or on the street. And someone walks in and they've decided we're all going to listen to whatever it was that they were listening to and planned to be listening to for the duration of the ride. Mm-hmm. And we all make a calculation of their level of danger to us and whether <laughs> we're willing to engage them or not. Say something glare. You know, it's all levels of engagement. How loud? To do. How, I've yeah. never seen anyone stand up to anybody. So, I, oh, uh, I could. Tell, would you want to know what uh, I, sure, I sometimes do? Oh, you do. Um, when, oh my god! Yeah, when I'm on the airplane, you know, they hand out those free head earbuds things. I can't use those because they hurt. So I keep them, and then I give them to people on the subway. And it's like a, it's. Give them to the person I say, playing. Oh, the... hey, I guess I, maybe you don't have some. These are free. I, I'd like to give these to you. So it's, and I say it's super nice. It's sort of passive aggressive generosity. <laughs> it, it is it, passive aggressive. Wow. But I do it nicely. Yes. Oh, I don't I, do I it like have no doubt. passive aggressive jerky so they don't get mad and punch me in the face. Passive aggressive jerky. That sounds like a that good brand. That sounds delicious. Right? Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's a little spicy. It's a little sweet. <laughs> oh, my word. So, and sometimes I just get a look of screw you. And sometimes they just say thank you and take them. Man. Do they plug them in? Sometimes. Well, see, now with these new iPhones, we don't have any I know, headphones. They are oh, I know. So. I know. Thanks, Jordan. See, That's my cousin who works at Apple. Say, I call him out every time. Did you see that New York is having like a problem in the subway because there are so, so many people's ear pods are getting falling onto the tracks <gasps> and they have to keep getting them? No. So it's like causing actual problems like with delays of trains and stuff because people keep losing the – I guess they're standing too close to the edge of the tracks and then they lose oh their earbud onto the tracks. But you don't get that back. Wow. I'm not fancy enough to have those. So. I, 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 I will <laughs> be resisting it, them. That. At every turn, it's. I'm not judging. I've never Someone seen wants that. them, they can have them. I, I do. I just. I'm so. So I wear hearing aids, and about every 15 minutes during the day, I touch my ears to make sure they're still in there. Because even though I can he- yeah. hear that they're in there, I don't believe they're going to stay in there. How could they oh, possibly God. stay all day long? I it's get what a nightmare. Well, they're so expensive. You know, they I are. can't afford. They're like three thousand dollars. Yeah, my dad like, just got some. They're not. They're in, nice. They're not covered by insurance. Yeah, so no. I just got AirPods, and I think they are great. Yes. Have they fallen out while you're mm-hmm. running? No, they just they stay in there. Do they really feel. Yeah, but you have like here? a good ear bed. It looks like. <laughs> no, really, I'm not kidding. It oh, looks thank like you. You're welcome. Like you look like you have an ear. That this is a first for me. Okay, like you great. Could be an ear sure. model, like an ear mold model. You might be able to be an ear model. I have small ears, so I feel like ear AirPods would fit well in my ear yeah. because it would be like a snug situation. But for people who have bigger ears, I don't know if they're gonna they are compatible. I'm just concerned. I I'm <laughs> I never look at people's ears, so I'm like now I'm like I, I'm, I'm just almost, looking at ears right yeah, now. <laughs> mine are the only ears that are out Congrats. right now. I'm almost 53 years old, and I literally have never kept a pair of sunglasses my entire life. No. So there's no way I'm ever going to keep my both of my ear pods in my possession for a long period of time. Well, the secret is mm-hmm. to spend money. 
because now you have uh, uh, an attachment to it. So it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I've lost. I mean, I've broken a million pairs of headphones. I've lost a million headphones, but I also spent no money on them. To me, so who cares? That theory would hold up if I've never scraped my car on something, because that would be. That way more oh expensive. well, cars are different. They're out. They're in the world. You have no choice. Well, that's true. Especially yeah. if you're driving around in New York, you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna break your car. That's true. Yeah. Can you swear on this podcast? Sure. sure. Great. <laughs> Just curious. You know, and also like you're this is so true. The stakes are higher when you pay for a thing and it's precious. And those are not going in anyone else's ears. They're going in yours. I mean, hopefully they don't, because your yeah. own biome is special. I don't believe in sharing. I don't like when people share headphones. Yeah, like the, yeah that's disgusting. The attached, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like what Mark's doing, like I could. Outside headphones, sure. Yeah. But like, no, like Beats don't. by Dre. Yeah, Beats by Dre. <laughs> hey, Dre. I sold, I got a pair and then I sold them on eBay. Anyway. Anyway, so so here, so getting back to the, the matter hand, just to sort of close yeah. out the same. Uh, I always wonder like what the motivation for someone behind doing this is playing the music oh i could probably tell you well i'm looking at the different options let's talk about them let's talk about it one possibility is i really don't care about any of your people i'm doing my own thing Mm -hmm. oh i think it's always insanity (laughs) Uh, uh, case closed 100 (laughs) percent, all the time this is an insane person (laughs) unpack that more uh, <laughs> you can. I, mean, I would never think I, and this might maybe this is just me but I never want to disturb I, I won't even disturb the insane person like I won't say please don't do that like I I just don't like that do you think they're disconnected from the general reality of you have to be to I mean imagine society, living, a, living or, in a city with this many people and or, or do you think that they're because I always wonder, and I'm dead serious about this. I wonder if sometimes they don't think they're just bringing the party to everyone else. So uh, I'm, I'm serious about this. Like sometimes, <laughs> like like they're enjoying it. It's playing. Why wouldn't you want to enjoy this? And I think sometimes it's also actual people who have composed the music, and they're, this is their way of having people hear what they're doing. Not so much so people enjoy it, but to be discovered. Someone's going to hear it. That's oh my one God, aspect. Sometimes yeah. that happens. I have to tell you, I love that idea that they think they're just bringing the party to me at <laughs> 6 a.m. or whatever. They're like, I'm sharing the party. I know. <laughs> like, Keeping the night going. Where have Keeping you been? Keeping the night going with, yeah. the, with all those night tunes. That is, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. It is. Uh, I mean, if okay, let's think about it on a basic human level. If we all as humans have needs, okay? We all have needs. The, they have a need when they're doing this. So I feel like the p- times I have seen this, it is a need to for power. It is a need to exert themselves. It is a need to put their opinion and who they are on people around them and say, this is who I am. And I feel like it comes from a place of maybe they have insecurities in other places in their life and this is something they have control of and they put the music on and it's loud. But I also think they're challenging people for a confrontation. They're challenging. They're going, oh, look at that. Yeah. So it's an attention They're thing. looking for a confrontation. That's the ones I've encountered when I like read their mail like i read through the lines do you know what i'm saying i'm like between the lines maybe not through the lines (laughs) but between the lines that's what the energy i get and i'm like oh you have a need to be seen and you're that's needs not being met so you're literally screaming for attention right now or option b insanity so who knows (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I like that one too. Yeah, maybe it's a little of both. Yeah, millions of people here. You want to be seen, but uh, yeah, it I may think take insane. some insanity to act on option A. Exactly. This is so true. Uh, before we continue on to our yeah. improv game, nerd tip. Oh, I'd love to bring a nerd tip. Just the tip, nerd tip. I know it's going right now. Okay. <laughs> she has to say every time we do it, she has to go. Okay, now the now the jingle jingles. We playing. have a little jingle play, and I okay. okay, and now I can go. I know. I should just. It's whatever. hilarious. Okay, so I don't know. Like speaking of needs, some people have the need for summer camp. Um, so I found this thing called Epic Nerd Camp. Now summer's over ish i know so sad but june 2020 registration is open okay mark <laughs> this yes is an adult summer camp for nerds and okay the activities include this is like vast this is every type of nerd you can get this is vast archery tabletop games obviously mermaiding Okay, you put on a mermaid tail and you swim in a pool. I don't think of archery as a nerd activity, by the way. Well, here we, I'm not saying we can talk. Do we archery. can get okay. into the minutia okay, of this another time. Um, but swords and sabers is another one. LARPing, obviously live action role play. Escape rooms and also this thing called Space Quest. So they start the whole week like retreat summer camp with um, this like homebrewed LARPing space adventure. So it's like all the things that I want. By the way, you had me time. at Space Camp. Okay, great. So, right? I had you at Space Camp. It's five days, four nights. So it's like, it's $700, five days, four nights, but it includes lodging activities and food and all the stuff. Wow. And it's 21 and over. So I don't know. I kind it, of wanted to It's go in do Maryland. This. I know. It's in Maryland. Maryland's so it's nice. it's one of those things where it's like, who actually goes to this camp? How long has it been around? You know, like I have to check out the credibility, but it's called Epic Nerd Camp. And I kind of want to create my own now, like in Brooklyn and be like, come to Epic Nerd Camp with Danielle. So, wow, my wheels are turning. Seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Turning but not wheels. if you delegate. Got Even just finding a pool. Well, you don't need a pool. For mermaiding? No, that's that's for them. I'm talking about I'd create my own nerd right. camp where I'd be like, we're going axe throwing. Then we're, <laughs> you know, my friend Carl has a full armor suit, knight in shining armor, that's so like he cool. could help out. But anyway, yeah, so who it's doesn't? fun, and I know who doesn't truly. So I know that I'm a little late for the summer, but it's never too yeah. late to start planning next year. It's June 2020. What is mermaiding precisely? Okay, so my friend, her handle's Princess Natkins. Her name's Natalie Atkins. She that rhymed. Ooh. She is she does cosplay and one of her big things is mermaiding. And it's like this cool nerd cosplay thing that is blown up. So actual mermaiding though By is the way, when saying you it's have... a cool nerd thing doesn't necessarily make it a cool nerd thing. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like the cool echelon. Yeah, on, the, on the spectrum of nerd things, yes. this is in the cool area. Yes. Okay. And it's where you literally there are these like instead of you wearing like your swimsuit bottoms or swim trunks, you have like your a full on mermaid tail and you you learn how to swim. And I don't know if there's like synchronized stuff, but it's actually hard to swim with your legs together. 
Um, so you're, it's literally like learning that. So I mentioned it's a lot of core work <laughs> and then a lot of Instagrammable moments. But I'll not, get back not, to you. Not that those are separate things, really. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I'll get back to you because okay. I want to stare at her Insta her thing. All right. Anyway, guys, so. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That was a pretty good one. Oh, wow. Thanks. Good job. Well, how often do you get to talk about mermaiding and space camp in I, the same conversation? I don't know, but see, on her Instagram, it says actress, book, model, Disney, princess, cosplay, mermaid, mermaid fitness. Cool. So mermaid is listed there. So it means something. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh my gosh. Outstanding. That's my first applause. <laughs> All right. It is time for an improv game. Improv game. Oh my God. Uh, the improv game, game is brand new this time. Pardon me? Keep banging your phone. Bang, bang, bang. Okay. Well, I'm sure the mic picks it up. It right? doesn't. Otherwise, I would have stopped. Bang, bang. I put it down. Bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, that's a, is that a Pussycat doll song? Anyway. Bang, bang. That's B-52. Uh, the, the door, door baby. baby. Bang, bang. Okay. Right. Our improv game today is called Three Words, Thank One you. Story. So you get a selection of three words from the other three people in the room. Okay. And then you have to tell a full story, beginning, middle, and end. Okay. A full riveting tale involving those three words in importantly into the premise of the story okay. great we can do that that's, yep, doable. that's doable that's an easy game it's not All like right. we made it up it's just my name for the game three words one story okay so uh dave's gonna go first i'm yeah. gonna tell a story you tell a story and you're gonna use these three words Elsa? here i got let me write them down nope no i gotta remember <laughs> okay that's part of the challenge All my right. friend All Q right. tip. um q-tip fudgicle q-tip fudgicle I already had one in. Did I ruin it for you? Too? No, porta potty. <laughs> Q-tip fudgical porta potty. <laughs> this is gonna be a good. This is story. gonna be the best story ever. <laughs> All right, and it's gotta go in that order. No, no, no you can put it in any order. But like, one. just so give, tell us a story, David. Oh man. Ugh. <laughs> so I was at the park last Wednesday. Okay. Uh, oh, good day to be at the park. Oh, it was a beautiful day. Uh, I was in Washington Square Park, and uh, wouldn't you guys know it, I uh, slipped on a classic popsicle, a, f a fudgicle. I got it all over my shoe. So I was like, oh, God. You, we've sad. all been there when we get yeah. something on and by our... the way, I'm really happy that, that you saw that and you said, oh, it's a fudgicle. Thank God. You know? Oh, well, I was like bummed out, you know, because they were new shoes, and I uh, uh. so I had to clean them off. And so uh, oh. I was looking around. I was like, oh, God, where, where do I go? And uh, so I went to this uh, porta potty and I was like, certainly there's got to be some sort of like toilet paper or, or shoe sanitizer in the porta potty. Shoe sanitizer. Well, they have hand sanitizer. Maybe I could throw that on my yeah. shoes. Yeah. So I went in there and uh, and I was I found some like <laughs> I found some toilet paper and I just started cleaning up my shoe. And uh, right then and there, someone starts banging on the the porta potty door. Oh my god! Who could it have been? Oh my god! <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> it was a Q-tip salesman. Wow! How convenient! <laughs> I was like, "You're just the man I was looking for." 
I have this shit all over my shoe. And he's like, oh, I have the perfect product for that. Uh, your shoe has – I had those Vans, so they have that kind of egg They were crate. white? Yeah, yeah like yeah. the so, nice ones. And so he's like, I got the perfect product. You run into the great, great – <laughs> this is serendipity for sure. I bought a thousand pack of two, uh, Q-tips. Wow. And I was able to clean out the inside of each square. Oh. And I was able to get to uh, <laughs> dinner uh, with my friends and my wife on time with sparkling clean shoes. And uh, – yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Good job. And by the way, I can only imagine the the park janitor or whatever comes empty out the thing and finds one thousand Q tips with brown on the end of them and wonders what's the what story is behind that? that. Pretty gross. Is there is there is there a rapper named Q Tip? That's there what. I, yes, I thought you were. Gonna I thought say, you were going to say it was Q Tip oh. the rapper. Oh, no. that was I went with Q Tip salesman. Yeah. yeah, I know. You Damn. see, you took a left turn. And really threw me for a loop. That's yeah. what comedy does. It was excellent. I'm a great comedian. What a punchline. Well line. done. Way to lead it off. That did not suck. Oh, yeah? That was well yeah. played, sir. Where, where does that rate in the... Uh, like a 5.8. That's like 72 chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a F plus. <laughs> no, that was way better than 5.8. Okay. Flip those around. No, I meant 8. in terms 5. of like the general guess, was that like... It's like an F plus. It's like the new F. No, that was really that good. Was good. Okay. That, that was, was good. great. I've set, I'm setting it. the F curve. All right. No, you did very well. Thank you. Good job. Oh, great. Um, all, right. all right. So next up, Elsie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Here Dave, we go. Give Elsie a word, if you would, please. Catapult. Catapult. Grape juice. Tantrum. Tantrum. All right. So... I was walking around the neighborhood and, um, you know, they have those daycare places that they also do birthday parties and stuff like that. And um, they had a rooftop playground and these little kids were uh, having some kind of birthday party extravaganza. I don't know. And they uh, had this catapult on the top of the playground which i don't know why they even do that they were catapulting it's just ridiculous they launched stuff no the kids were launching these grape juice water balloons oh my god yeah that's horrible so you know what happens when you get slammed with a grape juice water balloon is it stains your clothes yeah and it's really awful and uh but it is purple so you should like that yeah but I, I, yeah. So, um, I forgot my third word. Tantrum. Tantrum. Oh, that's right. I had a tantrum. So, (laughs) yeah, I knew I was going somewhere with it. Uh, so yeah, I had a tantrum. I knew it was something negative that I had to do. I couldn't remember the word though. Sorry. So, um, yeah, so I had a tantrum and, uh, the kids thought it was really hilarious. So, they hired me to be part of their entertainment at the <laughs> kids' birthday parties. I turned it down, though. The end by Elsie. You turned it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. That's not my thing. Yeah, you didn't want to yeah. be involved with those grape juice water balloons. Well, it, it's, yeah. Well, I'm not sure how you would have the time with all of your activities here, so. Oh, I'd find it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Nice job, Elsie. Thank you. All right, you. who did it better? Me or oh, you by far. No, Someone is very competitive in this room. All right. I'm, yeah. Hit me up. Okay. Someone go. Colonoscopy. Well, of course. Tick. 
Um, all of these words are making me think of other words, so I have to go far away from those words. The 405 freeway. Okay. So That's not a word, but you know whatever. It was being over 50, it's just a matter of time before you have to have a colonoscopy. Yeah. So I uh had to do the things that you do for a colonoscopy, which include, you know, drinking the great liquid and going through the whole process of preparing for the colonoscopy. So oh, what a joy. Um, and I realized that as I was uh, preparing for my colonoscopy, I forgot that I had in the middle of the day, I'm in the middle of the process and I realized that I had a life-changing, extremely important appointment that I could not miss no matter what. I, everything in my life would come crashing down. So I made oh my God. the death-defying decision that I thought I probably could time it just so in between sessions, uh -huh. let me say, uh, drink, do your thing, drink again, get in the car, speed down the 405 freeway uh -huh. get to my appointment and then and then hopefully use the restroom do my appointment rush back and somehow be not the worst for wear it could happen it's possible so i, ho I hop in the car and i am driving like a madman nobody's ever driven this fast before i don't think anyone has ever driven this fast i was the mario and the germans the Germans don't even know what fast is. Wow. Okay. The Autobahn is nothing. It's the auto bye bye. Okay. okay? I'm sorry. So, How are you doing this on the 405 freeway? Keep going. Well, that's the whole point. Oh. After about 45 seconds, <laughs> I hit the traffic. Oh. So I'm sitting there in traffic and the, my watch is going by tick. tick and it feels like time is going very very slowly but my body's going very 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 fast and finally i realized there is no way that i'm going to make it to the appointment there's oh. no way i'm going to make it home oh no so my little miata became a four by four very quickly and uh, i went through about three or four yards Kind of clipped a couple of swing sets oh. and uh, found this very nice lady sunbathing in the backyard and asked if I could use <laughs> her restroom. And so the moral of the story is if you are going to make an appointment on the day before your colonoscopy, don't drive a Miata. Because just you never, don't. You just never know what you're going to have to do on the 405 freeway. Wow. Great. I can't say that is the... I can't say that's the best ending to our stories, but I felt my use of the word tick was, was interesting. No, it was great. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, last story wow. from Danielle. Let's start okay. with Elsie for a word, please. Hopefully mine's the worst. I would like to use the word moon rock. Oh my god. Sorry, uh, that's my Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That's your. That's your. Sorry, no. Her name is Moonbrook. Anyway, <laughs> so close. I'm in the world. Uh huh. Uh, bloodlust. Moonrock bloodlust. What is bloodlust though? Like, what does um, that mean? Like when? Sh yeah, I guess it's up to you. Great. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready. And and uh, centipede. 
Centipede. Moonrock. Bloodlust. Oh, this is going away. And Centipede. Daniel Beckman weaves a tale. Or is yeah. that the expression? Yeah. Spins a yarn. Um, tells a tale. Swings the guillotine on herself. Um, okay, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a character, okay? Oh, um, my I've been getting God. into all of this like new moon magic, and I was with my friends in Joshua Tree. And we were taking pictures of all these cacti and things. And we were all supposed to bring, like, an item to contribute to this circle, right? And I brought something from your childhood you're supposed to bring. So I brought all of my guilt and regret. And I put it in the circle. My friend brought this like giant ass moon rock that she said that she got because we all know that her uncle's Neil Armstrong, woo woo, we don't care. She says it's from the moon. I think it's from like a quarry in her backyard. And um, we put all these things in the middle of this circle for this bloodlust ceremony. And it was just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then have you guys heard of the worm? You know, that dance? (laughs) You know, the worm? Yeah. Well, we did this ceremony dance and it's called the centipede because we all link arms and do it together. And let me tell you, this was better than Burning Man. <laughs> and that's how I got this tattoo that will never stop bleeding. So that's it. Oh, pretty good, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. Nicely done. That is three words, one story. I'm there like, bloodlust? Like, what is that? Bloodlust. Seriously? Bloodlust is, as I understand it, at least I think like it, it's... Like murder? It's kind of like when you, it. I thought that's what it was. I thought it was like you. You're out. You want. Oh, you're out to kill. You someone? want to kill someone. Isn't that what that means? Sure. I mean, <laughs> it came to your I th- brain. I think when you're in like, uh, when you, yeah, when you, when you do murder someone, you know how you're like, you're excited. Yeah. And you're yeah. Adrenaline. Again. It's, it's an uncontrolled. Oh yeah, I know how that kill. is. I've murdered a lot. <laughs> Yeah. It's an uncontrollable desire to kill or maim others. So you had a bloodlust ceremony. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we performed there you it. Go. So. so on that note, um, up next, we'll be talking about David Drake and all that he does. That's great. Drake. <laughs> right after this. You know that wonderful, euphoric feeling you get when you have a belly laugh and your whole body feels Wonderful endorphins are released and you forget every care in the world and for just a moment everything is perfect and you understand love. Don't expect any of that here. This is Funny People Talking. All right, everybody, before we get into all about David Drake, uh, we've got a quick piece of housekeeping here. Every episode, 
we appeal to the comedy gods in hopes, in prayer, yes. that our dream guest, Tina Fey, so finds to you, some David. path no, to okay. this show. No, no, no. It'd be great. It's like David Drake, then Tina Fey. It's it would be a great – what a great mix. Exactly. And I want this for you. Thank, thank you. you. So uh, anyway, the hope is that at some point she'll connect with the show, be on the show, call us into the show, email us even, as some connection to Tina Fey to be a part of the show. Page us. Page us anything. We don't page have a pager, us. but uh, page go back us. to 1988. But yes, yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, we're just going to do a quick appeal to the comedy gods. You're welcome to join in if you're so inclined, David. Uh, no pressure, um, but I'll lead it off. Okay. Um, oh, great comedy gods, Tina please join Faye. us in bringing Tina Fey Tina to the show. Faye. Please, Tina Fey, we love you so much. You are the very best. We'd love for you to be on the show. Faye. Tina Fey, we, we appeal to you. Tina Fey. Amen. Tina Fey. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Yours right. was, it was there. So let's talk Thank all you. things. I felt it. I felt it. I love it. Let us but talk my... all things, all things. David Drake. David, you are a comedian. You're also a producer, really. Uh, you uh, are a writer because you write jokes and whatever else you write. And um, uh, you've done media stuff. So you're a performer in a variety of ways. My question for you is what do you want to be when you grow up? What you know, do I want to be when I grow up? And I'm not saying you're not grown up. I'm saying – when you fully matured, when you have fully left the nest, <laughs> when you have fully flown, like what is it that you are becoming as you, you know, the cocoon of your process takes shape? What ultimately are you turning into? <laughs> uh, definitely more cynical. Uh, <laughs> I, was think, I was thinking about that today in I my did not house. See that coming. I was like, wow, I'm like in my 30s and New York has done a thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's just New York or if it's like uh, you just have an image about how you want everything to go, mm. and uh, and you see it play out. Yeah. I have a lot of friends where they took it as far as I thought I could take it, and uh, and so you see what that is, and at some point you don't even know if you even want that. Interesting. Uh, so the whole. <laughs> When I started comedy, I mean, I I guess all of my I mean, I achieved things that I didn't think were possible just because even things like like satellite radio didn't even exist. All this podcasting that we're mm. doing now, none of this existed really when I started. And now it's like a real source of income for people and it's like uh there's I mean, radio's back in a crazy way, yeah. so it's like uh you know, I had no idea that that's where you could potentially be making money now. Uh, yeah, so like I always – I thought the path was linear and, and now I see that there's all these other, all these other avenues you can take. And uh, yeah, it's like – so I don't know what I want when I grow up because I don't even know what's going to be around. Okay, that makes sense. But like what – out of all these mediums, like – um, you know, writing comedy, performing, radio, um, producing, all the curating we were talking about. Like, if there was, like, of all of those things, do any of them, like, rise to the top as far as, like, a passion goes for you? I mean, stand-up is the thing that I love. Like, it's like when I 
I I like it just as much as I liked it uh, when I started, and it's like very like it's like a visceral mm. art form. You can feel a vibe in a room, and you can even if you have you know you prepare material, but when you go in there, you see what a room is, and you can feel kind of you know things will change for you. And the way mm-hmm. you do it is different. You have to really be like alive and in that moment. And I think that's, uh, I think that's rare for a lot of different art forms. But I also think that's what makes stand up so special. Yeah. So that is, I mean, everything else that I do is a means to an end to eventually get back to that. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what that was the question that we were that we were wanting to know, like to sink our teeth into with that. And I love what you said too. Like, I don't know when stand when you're doing stand up, it's just the exchange of the energy between you and the audience, which is something so rare in our culture today when we're all on screens, yeah, and we're all on phones, and it's like a real tangible thing. Like you said, the energy, yeah, you can feel that in a in a room, in a good room or a bad room. You know, I just know what to. I don't know you. You know what to say next, kind of like you can pick up like, ooh, this is like, you know, uh, ooh, they're pulling back. You can mm. feel it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then your brain kind of either goes flight or oh, yeah. fight, where it's like, oh my god, it either freaks out and you don't think of something to say, or you think of it just clicks in and you say the perfect thing. But you are alive. Yes. It's interesting observation you make there, Danielle, because um, you know you are doing two different things here. So when you're in front of an audience, it's been said on this show before by other guests Mm -hmm. that they expect the audience to participate. In other words, they're not there to dance monkey dance for the audience. They're expecting the audience to be ready to receive. But when you're doing things when the audience is not present, Mm -hmm. all you can do is try to deliver. You have no control you know immediate feedback from the audience. It's it is a totally different process. How do you switch that gear? Well, that's a feeling too. Like, uh, I mean, I've done. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have like? I don't know what your background is. I don't know. How I used much to stand do stand up, and I pro- and I used to produce stand up too. Cool. I've done yeah. stand up, but not on a long standing basis. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you do it a long time. I mean, I've been doing it like ten years. You do a lot of bad show or like what could be bad um Mm -hmm. and uh yes you can change that dynamic and it's a lot of that those those rooms just require more from you where you have to create an energy that's so uh inescapable that they have no choice like it's reminding me of um like a stickiness like you have to go in and be honey in the room so it sticks to everyone and then like they might even leave with your energy on them in a way yeah you have to be like a force in those rooms that are so not a lot of it is like just straight confidence so if you go up and you you know it's a bad room and you but you feel just like good and loose and confident the room no matter how good or bad they pick up on whatever that is people are animals totally so they like It's like when you know a girl is into you or yeah. whatever, you can feel that. And if you go in confident, they know that you're confident and they're into you. And it's the same with like a crowd. They know when you're they know when you're scared. I mean, I've delivered jokes the same way in a confident place and then in a scared place. 
and <laughs> they know and they're delivered the words are the same they're presented the same way but the <laughs> my heart is yeah, <laughs> wrong that underlying thing have you read um amy poehler's book no yes please so is it yes please yeah it is she i thought it was yes and no um she and i may have spoken about this once on the podcast but now that we've done so many episodes i don't know if i have or not but she talks about this with also act, um acting and auditions when you go into an audition and if you have the underlying desperation of i want this job please hire me please hire me your career will um uh, reject you. So she she talks about how your career is like a bad boyfriend. So it's like the abusive boyfriend, when the ab- abusive boyfriend knows that you're like, oh, please love me, love me, love me, the abusive boyfriend is like, get away. But then when you start to get all confident, the abusive boyfriend is like attracted to that. No, that's the thing. You kind of have to not want any of it yeah so like when you exactly so like that confidence you walk in and it's just like oh i just rolled it off the street i'm gonna say a couple words the audience is like oh who's this oh wow like same thing with auditions like yeah it's oh, or anything or anything you're right and it's a job interview yeah. uh, a job interview is an audition to me dating same thing dating exactly like david just said sales. yeah sales really thanksgiving like cold calls thanksgiving. <laughs> thanksgiving with my in-laws <laughs> everything colonoscopies yeah colonoscopies with your doctor you guys just ride in head the high more, confident, look, the more confident you are. <laughs> your doctor's like no polyps we're good oh thanks um anyway sorry i knew there were Didn't no care polyps. either way <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, this is this is so true, though. I love this thing that you're doing. Did you curate it? This um, comedians you should know was that your idea? Uh, So comedians you should know is a show that started in Chicago, and uh, when I wanted to do, I started comedy in Chicago, and uh, in 2010, and at that point, uh, it was just like an independent show, uh, but. Uh, when I first started, it's all I wanted to do was do a set at Comedians You Should Know because it was just a hot, it was a perfect comedy room in Chicago. So it was already established when you got there. Uh, yeah. So it was at one place, uh, and it was, it was at the Lakeshore Theater, Mm -hmm. um, and it was at this bar Fizz. And Lakeshore Theater was kind of like, uh, a grungy, Mm. it was like a hip theater, right? Uh, but it was big. Like they get big acts there. Uh, Jim Jeffries was the last act I saw oh. there. Um, but when I moved to Chicago, uh, that theater shut down. Fizz underwent uh, mm. renovations, and then so they moved it to Timothy O'Toole's in Chicago, where it is still today. Uh, and so I always wanted to do that. And then uh, I got to do it. And then uh, eventually, uh, I recorded two of my albums there. And then um, me, Mike Leibovitz, one of the founders of it, mm. he, he moves, he lives here now. Uh, Jeff Steinbrenner, he was one of the producers in Chicago. He lives here now. And Soreen Choksi, another Chicago guy. We decided to just do a New York cool. version of it. Um, and it's perfect. It's, a, it's in the back room of the gutter, which is that same. Great. It's like a, <laughs> it's, I don't know if you guys have been, the gutter yeah. in Greenpoint. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes, got I've the perfect there. feel. It feels like a surprise. It feels like what you want from like a New York. Uh, it's what oh, I, I imagined go. stand up to be. To oh yeah, you gotta go. It's like a secret that you found. Yeah, yeah. But Do you it's host? very good. Yeah. Uh, so we switch off uh, hosting and just doing a set, and 
yeah, we have four producers. One of us does a host. One of us does a set. And then the other two do either sound or run the door. Now, I have, I have a real quote for both of you. This could be a question for either one of you. Yeah. Um, I have always been the, had the impression this, – this may be completely uninformed by me, so I apologize in advance. I have always had the impression that the MC for a comedy event, unless they are a known celebrity comic or something <laughs> that's kind of doing a stint, you know, a, st- a stunt – if you will, uh-huh. uh, that they're usually a let's say a lower rung comedian, uh, and it's, so so that's I don't mean this to be insulting. I'm asking like as you switch off, clearly it made me think clearly that's not the case. So how does that- I mean at our show? It's just we don't trust anyone. Hosting it requires skill. Yeah, it does. And oftentimes yeah. you'll go to a comedy club and it will be uh, one of the newest comics. Okay, uh, maybe and- that's what I'm thinking. About. Yeah, yeah. And in that case, it's I think it's bad because then you're starting mm-hmm. the show with the worst person on yeah. the show. And that's the expectation. Everyone is always digging themselves out of a hole yeah. when they go to a comedy club. Like, I, <laughs> Let it, literally, yeah, like that is the exact. That is a great analogy. way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's every place you go. They just you're always kind of compensating for the host, but it it's not supposed to be that way. Yeah, some clubs view it differently. Like Zanies in Chicago uh would always put um i mean pat mcgann would be their ha- house mc and he's a dude who's done le- uh letterman oh, yeah. a bunch of times and he's arguably the strongest person on the lineup and in those shows the shows were good and they clip they clip along like you really have to be the driving force when you're the mc i think i honestly think it might be the most important besides okay the headliner but uh, my show used to be called Comic Diversity. And do you know Jimmy Fela? No, uh, no. Okay. He um he wrote a he used to be a cab driver too and he wrote a book about it, but he's been doing comedy for probably like 25 years in New York. But he we always would have him on as our guest host and the rest of us were sort of like newer blooming comics, but we always had him as well not always, but we had him as our host quite often because he would drive that train for us and then he would also make comments on the jokes that we just said and literally uplift us between set so and that takes skill like that's the improv thing um do you know harrison greenbaum yeah yeah harrison also used to he's been on this podcast but also i've he's been a friend of mine for years but he used to host our shows too so obviously i mean he would do magic he would do like all his stuff yeah, yeah, yeah and he he would drive it along and so it's especially important in a showcase show where you have oh, yeah. five other comics on the show yes to always have someone who can reset the room if someone was too hot. That's what it is, Mark. It's a gotcha. reset. So it takes So that skill. every single person on the show has a fair shot at Absolutely. just a fresh crowd. Well, like, and do you know Regina DeChico? I keep throwing no. people out at you. I'm like, do you know, well, she was on our show, too. It's a great name, though. Isn't it? She's a wonderful. She has an amazing voice, too. But she was on our show recently. But she is the um, warm-up comic for The View right now. And she, I know has done her fair share of hosting but like someone like her is a perfect host because she's she's resetting she's there to like do the thing yeah yeah yeah, but it's a different skill set so if you're good at hosting you could work as a host all around new york and never get up and do like a 30 minute set or a 20 minute you know what i mean like if if your skill set is like this improv-y slash stand-up thing 
I could see it happening. I think just everyone should have that in their belt yeah. if you're a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally I like to go agree. back to this idea of digging yourself out of a hole. I thought I found that really interesting. Can you uh, share anything, any insights that you have, Dave, about how how when you're in that position, actually, where you find I think I'm in a hole and I need to dig. Like it's not one of those nights you just feeling on the last comic got the crowd going. You're on. You're feeling like a king. Your first joke kills, and you, yeah. you don't feel like you're digging yourself out of a hole. When you are digging yourself out of a hole. How do you attack that? What's your strategy? Uh, if there is one. I can tell you what I admire, but I never do it. Okay. Uh, is I have a friend, Drew, who he will dig himself, like he'll get the hole. And then a lot of people will either be like, oh shit, I'm in a hole. And they'll bail on whatever idea brought them to the hole. Mm. Uh, he What he likes to do is he digs deeper into the hole. So if he does a joke uh, that doesn't do well, he will double down on the joke until it does well. So he'll try to dig out to the other side to, of the To the, the other side of whatever the, the hole is going so to. So you make the audience question themselves almost? like Gaslights them? Yeah. I admire that. And I always wanted to just believe in myself so hard that if I just kept riding the idea, I could get to the other side. But everyone has uh, their own style. <laughs> so, like, what would yours be? That's what I would like. Uh, okay. But what I do is uh, normally a part of my brain will kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go into a mode of kind of like, ah, fuck everything. And then um, once I'm in that place, it's like kind of a... Maybe I'll start doing new material or I'll okay. start – I'll totally – it'll change what I'm doing completely. So my plan usually goes away and I'll just switch gears in kind of a – maybe I'll talk to the audience or maybe I'll do uh, jokes that I didn't think or didn't plan on doing uh, just because now it's spontaneous again for me. You you literally just shift the whole energy like yeah. to a new thing. You're like, okay – Forget yeah. about that hole. Let's move to this one. <laughs> like different. I kind well. I definitely address what's happening because okay. normally I hate when it's like not addressed, where something is going horribly, and everyone's like, "Do, do they even know that yeah. this is going?" So normally I'm <gasps> I like, think "I'm doing great." <laughs> yeah. Where they just keep trucking along with whatever they had planned. It's as good as it gets, folks. <laughs> yep. There you go. I think you got to address it and then shift some sort of shift something in yourself. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever do impressions or voices? No. Is that not your style? No. Are you I, observational? What's your style? Uh, I like storytelling. Cool. Um, my albums are all like half storytelling, half like just kind of like, yeah, observational, I guess. Fun. Yeah. I'd love to know about your um, – one of the strongest jokes that you feel that you've written and what the origin of it is. One of the strongest jokes I've written. Like one of the jokes you're just like, I'm kind of proud of this joke. I think this is really well done. Seems to work. Where did it come from? Uh, I have a joke on my second album that I really like. Uh, it's about um, it's about uh, Halloween. And just mm -hmm. basically, uh, it's just like a sad story. Uh, <laughs> perfect. That's the best. I mean, the story—it's basically like uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to set you up like now. Tell, tell the joke. The joke. Yeah, I I, that's an inappropriate. That is a long joke, but that all just comes just from. Just give it the uh, the essence of of generally what it's about. Uh, basically, I I got uh, invited to a uh, or I didn't get invited. It's, it was Halloween. I was seventh grade, and then I and I was going through a really awkward stage of life where I was like not great looking uh like i am today <laughs> and uh just awkward socially and you know uh just bad yeah um and just kind of like broken in general for gotcha. like uh yeah like very sad all the time but then um i did have this one friend and this one friend they became uh they came when to the school when they were uh and they were a new kid and we became friends that way uh, but then slowly they became popular, and mm. I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna ride these coattails to the heights of what I imagine popularity to be." Uh, and then Halloween, uh, I, it's like seventh grade. I think we're gonna go uh, trick or treating together because I was. You can go one of two paths. You can <laughs> in seventh grade you can trick or treat, yeah. or you can uh, be interested in in girls or whatever. Uh, and so I wanted to trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, went to his house and he was having this big party. Oh, and I seventh was like, grade party. Uh, there were kids like running all over the place and <laughs> yes. yeah, there was trap music. Q-tip was there. Oh my yeah. God. Was Drake there? Oh, Not the rapper, were... the supplier. Uh-huh. <laughs> the supplier. Uh, Cleaning out everyone's ears with soap. No, oh man. So I went there and I was so excited, uh, like because I was like, "Oh man!" I was just imagining what can happen at like a seventh grade party. <laughs> you know, you can play spin the bottle. You can go into closets. You know what I mean? Seven I'm, minutes in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So, so I'm terrifying. I'm very excited, and then I get to the front door, and then uh, my friend answers, and then uh, he's like, "Actually, uh, you're not invited to this. Uh, this is an invite only party." So then that Halloween, I trick-or-treated alone, and I would just go up to doors, and I didn't really have a costume, and I would just be crying, and I'd be like, trick-or-treat, and they'd be like, what is, are you okay? Oh, my God. And then I ate a whole bag of candy, and I threw up behind my house. Oh, no. Well, this uh, was behind the house. <laughs> uh, cut to um, my wedding a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, my... My mom invited that whole family into the wedding. So I basically I I tell this whole story and then I'm like, so anyway, that that guy was at the wedding. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like that's oh, how the whole he was at the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he in your bridal party? No, no, no. no. He okay. was yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I don't have any like uh it's just funny to harp on a feeling yes. for twenty years or whatever. Uh, so like that is what I thought is funny, uh, but that story like that is story, I think my though. favorite on that album. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I like your storytelling style. Though. I do too. I do too. Yeah, I think that I think that it's. I like bringing up something at the beginning. So at the beginning, I brought up how expensive it is for each person to be at a wedding. And it was like, okay, and then it it was like, okay, so I paid this much for this person based on this thing. Yeah. So I like when there's a button at the beginning and the end. And so you get there and then you hit the thing from the beginning. So you're, and you're, you're doing like life math basically. Yeah. 
Life yeah. math. I like that. Yeah, you're doing sure. life, life math because you're like, okay, well, That's so back thought. this at this point, this person cost me this social thing, and now they have paid back the cost with friendship. But now I'm paying for them to be here at this wedding. Like it's kind of this give and take. Yeah, just life. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think those are. I always like storytelling comedians who do that. So I like to do that. Uh, close on one question real quick, and then we'd like to ask how people can connect with you. Great. Oh yeah. Who's someone out there that? uses humor so it could be a comedian it could be an actor it could be any type of performer entertainer author whatever it is who to you is a master at humor uh there's this guy nick vaderot he's a comic from chicago mm -hmm. uh he uh, there's just no, I, I mean, he's just so good. There's no, there's no one who commits harder. I like people who commit, mm. who like, if they're in it, like he will do almost a full sketch right in front of you. Uh, and he'll play all the parts and that he is just so like, cool. yeah, I just like, uh, I like full commitment. So a guy like Nick Vatterat, uh, to me is like a master of this form uh like a Sean Patton mm -hmm. uh is one of my favorites um yeah these are the people i i really admire what do you, what do you think is the biggest thing that a comedian can do wrong to shoot themselves in the foot a comic can do wrong oh. uh i don't like when people turn on the audience uh i agree it's like it's hostile because it makes it seem like like it is a contract between you and them, and they can break it, and you can break it. And uh, when you turn on an audience, like, I don't know, some people will turn very quickly, like someone will just be talking to a friend, and they don't realize what they're doing. Like, they don't realize that they're interrupting a show or something, and then a comic will just be like, you, they'll just go off. Like, or if they think a room is bad, they'll be like, uh, why, uh... You guys suck, you know? Aww. You guys all suck because this room is bad. But it's not them, you know? It's like, I mean, sometimes it is. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but a lot of times, like, it's you. You suck. <laughs> it's not the 50, like, if one person is making 50 people feel bad, uh -huh. chances are they are bad. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't like it when they, when people turn. Well, very good. How can people connect with the things that you're doing and follow you and, and fawn all over you and stalk you? Great. Uh, DavidDrakeComedy.com. I have uh, all my information there. Uh, at the David Drake on Twitter. At David Drake Comedy on Instagram. Uh, Comedians You Should Know is in uh, New York every Wednesday at the gutter at 9. And that's CYSKNYC.com. And then the outdoor storytelling show I do, Campfire, is campfireshow.com. That is the greatest. That yeah. is so cool. It's a Maybe, cool thing. Can we mix Space Camp with... Uh, with uh, Campfire? I think there's something <laughs> to that. Yeah, to in the gutter. Space Campfire. some mermaiding. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> mermaiding. Mermaiding. All right. Anyway, thank you so much, David. That was really very insightful. Oh, and, good. Uh, interesting. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a very... Very 
very brief pause. When we come back, it's end of show food. Yeah. It's the end of the show. Pont. And we will be right back. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Hey, Elsie. Yeah. Guess what time it is? What? End of show food. Ah. End of show food. Uh, end it is of time for end food. of show food. That's where Elsie has scoured. She has searched. She has gone around the countryside. Stores, online, street vendors. Amazon.com. Could be anything. <laughs> she has found something for us to try. It could be a drink. It could be a snack. It could be a downright regular food. You never know what it is. Uh, I think it's going to be a drink. Could be a drink. You don't know. You I don't think know. that it's a problem. Anyway, uh, and what will happen is is uh, she'll share what it is and talk about it. And, and then uh, on her count... We'll try it, and then we will rate it. Do not we will try share before. Our, yes, she gets very, very upset. Okay. Uh, and then we will, um, we will um, rate it. Rate it on a scale on of scale chickens. Of chickens. So okay. the scale of chickens is up to you. It could be a thousand chickens, sixty-four chickens, a million chickens, whatever you want. And that's how we give our feedback. And that's it. So Elsie, yeah, tell us what you brought for all of us to share. Well, I don't know how anyone could have thought it was a drink, but okay, fine. It's a drink. It's a drink because she's sitting there with a paper bag covered. Yes, it's a paper bottle, bag with a bottle yeah. shape something something. All right, fill us in. All right, so this is a beverage that I. Oh, so it's not very, a drink; it's a beverage. Well, whatever. Beverage is fancy. Word. It's like evening and good night. So I. I just am gave Daniel a look like our night clever. Excited about <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, I didn't give it to you. I'm excited about this okay. because it's weird. Now, it's either going to be amazing or disgusting. Is okay. it alcoholic? Yeah. Ooh. Are you allowed to drink alcohol? Yeah. He okay. Said he didn't have any restrictions. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to take that at face value. Okay. My great. mom doesn't have to know. All right. So um, this, I want to make sure so you guys. Oh, see it looks. All right. Ready? Yes. Wow. Doesn't that look delectable? It, it looks what chocolatey. Is no, this is cocoa divine. D i v i n e. Premium. Listen to this. When I read it to you, you're going to go either like, wow, or oh my God, I'm going to puke. Okay. So premium orange wine with, but it's red wine. I've had orange wine before. But it's got, but it's actually got red wine in it too because I read the the ingredients. So it's orange red wine. Orange red wine with natural chocolate and uh, cream. So like wine, cream, chocolate, orange. It's either going to be amazing. I'm excited. Should that have been for a refrigerator? No. Believe it or not, no. Whoa. Give me a yeah. better picture. Believe it or not. Thank you. All right. Chocolate so, divine. I'm just telling you, it's 14% alcohol. Holy crow. And it's got... Good um, thing it's the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, it has orange, wine, caramel color. Uh, I'll read the little blurb. All right, so, let's pop this puppy. A, a seductive blend of velvety, smooth chocolate flavors and luscious wine. Cocoa Divine is an ultimate 
indulgence. Kiss your inhibitions goodbye as the simple decadence offers a rich chocolate taste and a sulky finish. Enough talking. More drinking. All right. Drink, 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 Chocolate divine. Drink, 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 Okay, so um, my boyfriend and I had orange wine at my local wine bar, um, and it is quite a wow. different taste, shall I say. Do you want me wow. to pass Have you ever on? had um, chocolate like, wine? Fantastic. Yeah, I think so. It's red wine that literally tastes like chocolate. Okay, no, I it's haven't so had that. so amazing. Drink, drink, drink. Thank Have you, you had that, LC, the chocolate wine? I'm going to drink mine right now. Oh, my now. gosh. Can you smell Thank the you. alcohol? Very strong, right? I can oh, smell it. It's like it's kind of got like a Bailey's thing going. It's reminding me like growing up, like sniffing all my parents' glue, uh, <laughs> liquors. I'm s- all right. Wow. Are you guys ready? Ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one. Chocolate divine. It's not horrible. It is Bailey's like a little bit. It's good. I would like it cold. I feel that if well, cough medicine was chocolate, demanding. this is what it would I be. I am demanding. I like it. I feel warm. I'm surprised. I thought this was going to have more like <laughs> I'm wasted. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're drunk over here. Seriously, if you mix chocolate milk with Bailey's, that's what this would be in my opinion. Hmm. I like it. Though. Yeah, I like it. it. Honestly, if this was shaken not stirred over ice, with ice, I know. I no, know. If col- and poured into a martini glass, I would be mm-hmm. set. If only warm. colonoscopy drinks could Taste I'll take a little like Can you imagine? If only colonoscopies could be this good. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Very fun. <laughs> All right, so let's go around and start rating this bad boy. Um, what do you think there, Dave? How many chickens are you going to give this? A scale of what? How, how many chickens? Oh, yeah, you get to create your own scale. I Look how much um, I'm going to give it 16 chickens. Out of? I will... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that uh, secret. Oh, 16 out of a sixteen out of secret. So is, Whoa. It a, is it a high rating or a low rating? Ooh, it's <laughs> kind of like his improv. We don't know. He's not committing. So what he's Shetty. doing? No, what no, he's no. Doing is he's creating a hole for us. Yes, yeah, so we have one more. So. I'm at sixteen chickens, and then my second one. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is he said he asked for a refill. So oh, there I'm you go. Sixteen out of fifteen. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Danielle. Yeah, I'm gonna give this um a hundred percent um chicken white meat i'm gonna do 89 out of 89 chickens um because it i think it represents itself really well um all i need is ice but that's not the coco divine's fault yes yeah that cheers elsie 72 out of 72 wow three well two perfect scores and a one mystery score and one mystery And I'll give it a 50 out of 60 chickens. And oh, it's not, rough. It isn't as much Damaris as I'm like, I've had it this one time. I'm okay. enjoying it. But I can't see myself asking for it. So that's where the... But end of show food is just really a treat. Well, I'm going to give it my own damn rating I want to. No, Mark. No debate. It is tough to go to a bar and be like, hey, can I have one chocolate divine on the rocks? I know. Choco? So I couldn't the, even say this. You know, the, the sheer is. unavailability of this is demerits in my book. I just got to say, when I found this mm-hmm. in the shop, it was on a shelf, by like as is, mm-hmm. not chilled. 
And so okay. I asked, and I asked the, the store owner, like, what's the feedback on this? And she says, I don't have any feedback on that. Nobody's bought and it. And I said, well, have you tried it? And she's like, uh, no. It was in a and dusty I, back room, like a mogwai. It, it was a gr- great shop. So, I, was, I mean, I was like, but I just found it very surprising wow. that she didn't really sell her own product very yeah. well. She's kind of like, nah. Probably was good in theory when they ordered it. And then, you know. Anyway. But yeah, anyway. So. Well, thank you for the very creative Coco and different end of show food, Elsie. Well done. Welcome. Um, and to uh, David Drake, thank you so much, my man, uh, for joining us. It was uh, great to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Shotguns. Yeah, we really. Uh, this was fun. Thank yeah, you for being here. Oh, good. Here. It was great. It's been really a pleasure. Great to have you. We uh, gave you 100 out of 100 chickens. Oh, that's and, what uh, I was looking for. And listen, <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, um, not to play like I'm the judge here, but my observation is you've got a really entrepreneurial spirit in addition to being a comedian. You're really working hard and trying to get it done. And not oh, just, thank you. Not just kind of laying back, hoping hoping success runs into you and and i applaud you for that i really yeah. trying to diversify yourself and do some cool things and give other people a shot and everything so uh well done and good luck hey thank you so much i think that'll take you far great i appreciate it my great. favorite kind of comedy is the storytelling style yeah so. absolutely um i'm going to the gutter it. yeah high five to elsie there all right well anyway that's it uh good luck to uh to David uh, going forward and uh, that's it for this episode of Funny People Talking everybody we really appreciate you joining us as always next week another really great show until then for the amazing Elsie bye and the awesome Danielle bye <laughs> I'm, I'm just plain old Mark Rako. Uh have a good day everybody we'll see you next time and stay uh, funny yeah stay funny would you please bye bye That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, uh, boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. Copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.